Wellington Links rely on partnerships and the amazing work of so many organizations and leaders to achieve our collective community goals. I hold dear the bonds of friendship. We are friends transforming communities through service. implement transformative programs that address the most critical needs of underserved communities. Welcome to LinkedIn Impact with the Arlington Links, a podcast which transforms our community by highlighting the issues, resources, and leaders that you need to know. Joseph Amato wrote, Local history carries with it the potential to reconstruct our ancestors' everyday lives. In August of 2023, I attended events on Martha's Vineyard organized by the AP program to educate attendees about the AP African American Studies course. We heard from students and teachers on Martha's Vineyard about their experiences in the first year of the program, the multidisciplinary nature of the course, and how much it changed their lives. Understanding our history has the power to transform, and it's even more potent when we can see ourselves in it and when we can relate it to our daily lives. For more than a decade, the AP program has worked alongside colleges, universities, and secondary schools to create an AP course in African American Studies. Drawing from the expertise and experience of college faculty and teachers across the country, the course is designed to offer high school students an evidence-based introduction to African American studies. The interdisciplinary course teaches a variety of fields, literature, the arts, and the humanities, political science, geography, and science, to explore the vital contributions and experiences of African Americans. It is no wonder that a course this powerful is being opposed across the nation. While exploring the global and national impact of Black studies is critical, in addition, as we fight to integrate true Black history into our curriculums and our lives, we thought it would be good to also discuss local Black history with the idea that the impact of the history that is being made in our own towns or even our own homes can be transformative for our lives and our legacies. In this conversation, I speak with Dr. Alfred Taylor, author of Bridge Builders of Knock Green Valley, Past and Present, which details the stories of over 100 Arlingtonians, Scott Taylor, who is president of the Black Heritage Museum of Arlington, which celebrates the African-American journey to freedom, focusing on Arlington's Freedman's Village, Wilma Jones Kilgo, who is a fourth-generation resident of the Halls Hill community in Arlington, and Councilman John Chapman, a fourth-generation Alexandrian and founder of Manumission Tour Company, LLC. These dynamic leaders share their thoughts about local Black history and why it's so important. How much local history do you know, and what impact has it had on how you see your community? Enjoy the conversation, and I challenge you to learn even more about and support your local Black history. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast on local Black history. I'd love for you each to start off just by introducing yourselves and tell us 
how you've been involved in Black history in either Alexandria or Arlington and why it's so important to you. And I'd love to start with you, Dr. Taylor. Okay, I've been involved with uh, Black history probably all of my life in Arlington. Uh, I've written books on the area, community area that I live in because I thought that the lives of some of the residents of this community was so important for the local and the national contributions that they have made. And I feel that these stories must be told, must be put in the limelight. Not always the national figures, but so many of our local residents have made national, local and national, some international contributions. And I felt they were should be known as well as the national ones who you constantly hear about every Black history. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Taylor. And Scott, what about you? Well, I'm, I'm just going to piggyback after uh, uh, Dr. Taylor. <laughs> I am currently the president of the Black Heritage Museum, and I think the whole thing is just being a voice for these people that unsung for so long and uh, still unsung. But thank goodness for some people that are on this panel right now. These voices are being heard from the grave or wherever you want to say it. And we have to continue it. We right now have a governor right now who doesn't want this type of history taught, you know, so we have to fight even more because my feeling is that people who block the history are people who want to repeat it. So we've got to be strong and going with these stories and the history, because if we don't, it's going to be either whitewashed or erased. Thank you. And, And Wilma, what about you? Well, I've been a civic activist in the Halls Hill area of Arlington for over 20 years. And in 2018, I self-published a book called My Halls Hill Family, More Than a Neighborhood, which is a history of the Halls Hill neighborhood from 1866 to 1966. So as a result of those activities, I've been very involved in Black history. And my brother is one of the four Uh, students who uh, desegregated schools in Arlington. So my family has been a part of pushing for change, although worker bees and not leaders. But so it's been a part of how I grew up. And John, what about you? Well, thank you, Krista, for the opportunity to um, be on this panel. I'm John Chapman, and I'm a lifelong Alexandrian. When I came back from college, I started to hear a lot more of the stories about African-American history and they weren't necessarily taught to me when I was younger. And so it's been kind of my exploration uh, since college to kind of find out more and more about the Black history in Alexandria. And several years ago, I started a tour company because I, I feel similar to one of the other panelists that uh, many of these stories need to be well known in the public eye, whether it's by folks that live here in Alexandria or folks that tra- are traveling through. So we started a tour company. We give uh, African-American history tours every weekend. Absolutely. I love that. So just, and anyone can jump in. How has, in your opinion, either the resources available or the interest or the study of Black history evolved over the years from your particular perspective? And anyone can jump in. Oh, I think that it's always, we've always had Black history. Um, I remember being in high school where we would have a Black History Month program. Of course, Nobody would ever come to them. <laughs> mm. But uh, I think as long as it's controlled, I think people have always wanted it. Um, but they wanted it in a controlled way. Now, I think that people are getting wise. Some people call it woke. 
And we want the real truth coming out because America was built on the backs of slavery and black people. And everybody needs to know that. And everybody needs to be serious about it. Uh, we've got, I think it was um, somebody in Florida is, is trying to say that, trying to whitewash it like they gave people skills. I mean, we got to really get out there and really get the real story told. Black people built this country. Arlington, Virginia, the beautiful Arlington, Virginia is because of black people. And it needs to be told, and I guess over and over and over until people finally accept it. I think that's an excellent point about making sure we tell it over and over and over again. Any other thoughts on how Black history has evolved over the years? Yeah, Krista, I would say, um, just jumping in here, I would say that the evolution of Black history has really moved from the national or kind of major figure level to uh, the more localized uh, level. Um, Mm -hmm. I think nowadays people can find and talk about Black history in their own community versus having to always continuously discuss national figures that uh, more people know. So Black History Month, I see Arlington is focused on Arlington Black history, not just kind of the national figures. Um, Alexandria is doing the same thing. And I think that's been the real evolution. We not just talk about uh, the Montgomery bus boycott. We talk about some of the sit-ins that happened in Arlington and Alexandria now and know who those individuals are, know some of those dates and connect the dots for our young people with uh, things that happen locally so that they can see and understand that the history of Black people is not just at the kind of national level. It's There's events and people that are important on that local level as well. Absolutely. Any other thoughts? I'd just like to say sometimes I think that there is a gap or a break. I really do not think that we teach Black history. We teach African-American history. And I think we are losing a lot when we don't. The African-American history is a part of Black history. I think the younger and they get a lot of uh, misinformation, thinking that Black history only started when we came to the shores of America rather than the contribution that was made as far back as Kemper came up and those things. So I think we have to somehow in a way incorporate or change that Black history didn't just start when they mm-hmm. brought slaves to America, that they also have to be cognizant that the slaves, they, they were not slaves when they were captured and brought over there, that some of our best minds were brought over here who's already made contributions. So I think we need to, some kind of other, and I think it's slowly evolving, but we need to get a clear definition of whether we're teaching Black history or African-American history. Absolutely. Wilma, did you want to add anything? I think that what's been said, I definitely agree with. And I just think that the, the point that was made in regard to the fact that much of what's being taught now is starting to focus on local Black history is an important part because that's something that, especially in the Arlington schools, wasn't happening. But now I think that that focus is becoming more important. And I think one of the things in regard to the importance of Black history from the changes perspective and the evolution is that now schools and public buildings and the things like that, Black people who have made significant contributions are being honored in that way, memorialized in that way. So I often use that as a reason to, you know, ask people, you know, do you know who so-and-so is? Uh, you know, Alice Fleet, Dorothy Ham, 
Ms. Syfax. So I think that is a proof, the evolution, even though they're very small steps, they are steps in the right direction. Absolutely. And how do you all feel that Black history can spark joy across the world? There's a lot more conversations now about Black joy and the importance of that as we live our lives. Do you have any thoughts about how Black history is connected to joy? Well, from my perspective, I think that's really important because especially as Black people in America, having ancestors who were previously part of the African enslaved, they weren't allowed really to have joy. I mean, they had it, but they didn't have it like we do. And so I think that whole phrase of being your ancestors' wildest dream is important. And I think it's important that we show that joy because from my perspective, like I have a niece who is a doctorate of STEM education. She isn't any more brilliant than my our ancestors who didn't have those opportunities. So I think it's important that we honor and that we celebrate and that we show joy for the the advances that have been made, but also, like Scott said, making sure that it's understood that we have every right to do that because, again, America would not be America without the advantages to the economy that 400 years of enslaved labor gave them. Amen. And I add to that joy, to me, Black history is a sense of belonging. There are a lot of people I guess some of the MAGA people who I've heard them recently call us foreigners or whatever, you know. Mm. So Black people need to, everybody understand that, again, like I've said before, we really built this country, but our younger kids need to know the significance of what we did. Also, Dr. Taylor was talking about some of the uh, skilled people that came over from Africa. Well, buildings like the Arlington House in Mount Vernon, Black people built them and everybody thinks Black people were just in the fields picking cotton. These people knew how to read blueprints and the whole and design and the whole thing. So just letting people know that it's something they can be proud of. I mean, there's nobody more patriotic than Black people. We've been through all this civil rights, blah, 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 and we still call us up Americans. We pay our taxes. We wave the flag. And I think that the joy knowing, like, for instance, I, I got joy one day knowing, which I should have known this, was that, you know, a Black man invented the stoplight. I didn't know that. That gave me joy. So that's the joy of learning about more about ourselves and what we really accomplished. And we did a lot. We did a lot. And still doing a lot. Well, yeah. and, and when in my book, I've been talking to a lot of the elementary school kids who, because we do not pass down stories anymore, once they found out that one of their family members made some type of contribution that someone could talk about that you found a newfound joy and a newfound pride. And that was the thrust behind me wanting to continue to write books to get some of these unknown stories because people don't pass down stories like they used to in old Griot's day. I happen to have been fortunate with a father who passed down stories to from my interest in history and things. And you'd be surprised the joy that becomes on a kid's face when they mm-hmm. found out that, oh, you, my grandfather, did that? Oh, my such and such and did that. So I find out that the more we talk about these local things and uh, uh, put forth our local communities and the 
African-Americans who were in our local community, the more our kids were taking a little pride, more pride in being uh, members of the African-American. So I look at Black history as our evolution of joy. I think in every time period, we have been able to see and show through the stories that we know that our community has been able to try to find its joy. Even in even when the world is against us, we at least come together as a community and, and share stories or sing or dance and, and find the spirit, the energy to be positive, to have joy, uh, even in the rough of uh, circumstances. And no matter what age, it could be a, a Black kid in 1930s Chicago playing stickball uh, in the street our evolution in, in Black history. And, and so in every period, we're able to, to share how we can find joy amongst ourselves. Um, I think Dr. Taylor hit on uh, the idea of, of finding family members um, and having joy about that. That's, that is part of uh, our experience, finding joy within our community and then finding joy in some of the adversity uh, that we face. Absolutely. I think, I, unfortunately, I am someone who hasn't really had a lot of stories passed down through my family. But, you know, I really am hearing what you all are saying because I think about the fact that recently my family has started to talk a lot about how intelligent my grandmother was. And I always knew it, but now they're starting to say things like, you know, she was the smartest in her class and she did this and she did that. And even though that may seem small, like because I haven't grown up with a lot of stories passed down and because our history and who we are and who we came from is not often told, we don't hear things like that. So it does bring you a, a certain amount of joy and pride just knowing that about your family and that they've done great things. So thank you all for your perspectives. So there's been a lot of challenges in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion, whether it's AP, African-American studies, courses, challenges to that, affirmative action. How do you all think Black history fits in with these recent challenges to DEI? You all can just jump in. Well, I mean, I think that the challenges to DEI are happening because of the push on equity and diversity that have happened for the previous decade and a half. So mm -hmm. I just think that there, I characterize it as kind of this century's uh, Jim Crow response, what they did in the previous century in regard to reconstruction. Mm -hmm. So every time that Black people, mm -hmm. and now we've got other groups, people of color, we've got the LGBTQIA plus community, where they are basically saying you all to have equity. And not only that, we don't want you interacting with us at the level that, that you want to. In other words, they want to kind of keep us in a box in where we were and only some people can break through. I think that, you know, that's been going on just like what's happened with issues about affirmative action and schools and things like that. So I think that all of that negative feedback to the changes that have been made in order to make America a more equitable place for all people is just that hate reaction of, we don't want you to get out of your place. Absolutely. And that's and getting back to Black history, the reason why we have to keep it out, they don't want a lot of these things out because they know we deserve much more. I mean, affirmative action is nice, but we deserve so much more. 
And as long as they keep things secret or at bay, then I guess it's, it's a way of, of making them feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, making them feel like they're right to do what they continue to do to our people. Mm-hmm. This is the latest, as people have said, this is the latest hurdle. I think Brother Scott said it earlier. I mean, folks, folks are woke now. Mm-hmm. They do not want us uh, to be woke. They want us to be asleep. They want us to be quiet. They want us not to know about who we are in our history. And so as we learn more, particularly locally, to know that everyone can be a leader, everybody can be a, a worker bee in the struggle. You don't have to be a, a huge national leader like a, right? That is, doesn't have to be everybody. Everybody can play a role and play a part. And the danger of that is that that empowers each and every individual. And so that can empower everybody. And so everybody being empowered takes power away from uh, those who have hoarded power for decades or centuries. So lastly, where do you all see Black history in the future, the study of Black history, the promotion of Black history? Where is it going? Where is it going? Um, if, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that it's going to go, it's going in a very positive way, because I think that just for example, when I, my last book was a children's book. And so I'm in a group of African-American children's authors and illustrators. And every day there are multiple books being written and published, um, some by small publishers, some by large publishers, but a huge amount by people self-publishing. So I think that people are saying, we want to tell our stories and they're telling them from preschool ages all the way up to biographies. Or I look at it when I think about the woman in South Carolina, who's like 89, who just had her Gullah Gucci cookbook. Mm. She tells all of the stories from her lineage about where those recipes come from and how they lifted her family. So I think it's going in a positive direction because now everybody, you know, it's like one of my friends wrote a book about how the gatekeepers are gone now with the internet and the fact that you can publish your own books, you can do your own uh, history series on YouTube. The fact that people have the ability to go in and do their own genealogy to find out how, what their family's Black history story is, and then to tell it far and wide. And I think that that to me bodes well. And the last piece I'll say is, I think also everything that's happened with the 1619 Project and all of its awards and accolades has also kind of energized people because it helped them see from a different perspective just how important our stories are to this country. On last last week, WETA, a documentary on uh, the Buffalo Soldiers. And as you know, last year, I wrote a book on my great-grandfather who was a Buffalo soldier. And it really, I could really relate to it because I was seeing what they were talking about, the heroics of the Buffalo soldiers through the eyes of my great-grandfather, who actually was a Buffalo soldier from 1865 to 1893. And it's those type of things that we are talking about when families find out what their ancestors or what people in their family have done previously. 
it was as though they took my book to do the documentary of because I had done the research <laughs> and I was able to relate to it because I could then put a face yes. with those Buffalo soldiers and the things that they were doing as they were going through those experiences. I could actually see my great-grandfather doing some of those things. So I think regardless of the suppression they're trying to put on Black history, it's got to come out because we're coming out in leadership roles and so many roles, but used to be roles reserved for white that's now filled with African-American, the males, the governors, the what. So there's no way you can suppress these stories. But I think the reason they want to suppress them is because they see their white privileges dwindling. Mm. And I'd like to just say that um, the future, like Wilma said, is great because people are writing these books and and these documentaries are coming out and it's great. If we keep that going, it'll be okay. But if we don't, our history is going to be taken over by another culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, even at my museum, I mean, I, I hate to talk like this, but I would say seven, at least 75% my supporters are white people. I mean, I know Arlington is only nine or nine and a half percent black, but black people need to get more involved in their own history to tell it the way and that's the unique thing about our museum, too, because someone sent me an email saying, how dare you have a, a black museum, you know, where there's already a museum in Arlington. Well, my response is that we can tell it, you know, the, the right perspective. I mean, Dr. Taylor is still here. Wilma is still here and her family. So that's the unique thing about it. But we've got to stay involved in our history. Otherwise, it's going to be filtered or whitewashed or changed. So, I, yeah, I like what's happening, but wish that more Black people would really, really take more of an interest than, than we are right now. I'm sorry to say that. That's, that's how I feel. I think the brother... Yeah. This is true for... Yeah. I find out most of my audiences are white. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the man for me, the book tells some of my wow. books, are mostly white audiences, not even your own community. Wow. I would agree as well. I mean, what I've seen kind of in the six years of doing my tours, I definitely would would lean more, don't track this as much as I probably should, but I definitely have more non-Black or non-people of color audiences than anything else. You know, and and frankly, those are folks that not only have no problem paying for a a tour, but also want to tell their friends about it and make sure other people that they know come. When I look at the reviews that I have for my tour company, it's mostly white folks. It's not not a lot of black folks. And so, you know, folks that are willing to put money behind our history might not be our community. And and that's it's troubling. I think as we talk about the future of black history, there's a sizable chance that the the forward motion of black history is not charted by black people. I mean, yeah. it's charted by white folks who are willing to you know, who feel that history should be told versus Black folks who who want that history told. And, you know, as we talk about the localization of, of Black history, that means that you're going to miss out on a lot of stories because African-American families might not come forward to tell their story because they might not feel any connection to uh, local Black history, um, even though they are the subjects, the the main part of that local Black history. So I think that is one of our bigger challenges. I mean, you know, I, I know the brother on here that represents the museum. He probably can tell you 
how many black folks financially support the museum on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can tell you here in Alexandria, we the only museum that does not have a friends group actively raising money for the museum is the Black History Museum. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's that's a shame. Yep. Hopefully we're going to be working to change that very soon, but to think about that, you know, we have Fort Ward, we have Gatsby's Tavern, we have other museums in the city, all of them have a group of hardworking volunteers financially backing it. Well, do you all have any suggestions on how we change that? How do we increase the engagement and the interest of African-Americans in our history? I think, you know, I honestly think with every organization uh, that is Black-led, as they do programming every year, they incorporate, whether it's a museum, whether it's tour companies, whether it's some part of Black history or some group that does Black history into their annual events, annual programming. Because, you know, you think about it, whether uh, it's the Divine Nine and Greek sororities, whether it's uh, groups like the Lynx um, and other organizations, if all of these organizations are at least doing it once a year or once a quarter or something like that, you have larger influx and push um, and, frankly, group of support for these organizations and businesses that are capturing Black history on a regular basis. Well, I want to thank each of you for joining us today. I think this has really been an insightful conversation, and I hope it encourages a lot of us to act and to get more involved in our Black history locally. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation on our local Black history. For more information on the Arlington VA chapter, visit our website at arlingtonlinksinc.org and follow us on social media at Arlington Links. Music